Wondershare Video Converter Ultimate makes life easier by providing you with a variety of video tools. Welcome back to Beers Up Sports Talk, Episode 8, or should I call it the Gronk episode. Sebo in the house, Debo in the house. As always, before we get started, what is our drink of choice tonight? Man, I stayed with Juliet. I still have a couple left, so I'm going to enjoy those. She's a tasty beer. She is a tasty lady. And I am still with Progression Brewery probably until I, I don't know. I'm just going to keep drinking them. Onward, beautiful New England IPA in the glass. I'm fancy. Hashtag fancy glass. Don't at me. Debo? Yo. Gronk got traded to the Bucks. He did get traded to the Bucks, huh? Give me. Did we go live yesterday about that? We, we went live yesterday. We got really excited. I'm still really excited. It, it seems like Patriot fans are really excited because either now they're Bucks fans or they got a fourth round draft pick. Either way, they're really excited. Give me your 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 total feelings on on Gronk to the Bucks and where the Patriots are now. All right. So my thought when I first saw it. By the way, when we went live, you got to check out our IG. No doubt. That beers up, sports talk. Find it, like it, love it. Yes. Share it. Love it, it enjoy it. All of yes. that. So we went live, and I think we both were just excited because, you know, you were shouting out, Dynasty's over. Dynasty's over. <laughs> it was over when Brady left, but, you know, I think this cements it. And I think we talked quickly about it. Gronk, you know, he asked for the trade. It wasn't like the Patriots were like shopping him. They're like, oh, he's not going to play for anyone else. He's a Patriot. Right. He wanted to be out of there because he was done with the Patriot way. He's not, they weren't having fun. Yeah. And yeah. Brady wanted to leave because he did so much for that team. He took pay cuts. He reworked his contract. Oh, you want 30 million plus? Now we're good. Right. And then on to the next. They did it to everyone. And finally, it's biting them in the butt. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the things – this is the, the realization from Pats fans that, that Belichick is – it's now all on Belichick's shoulders, right? I think for a long time this Belichick-Brady partnership existed, and I think people were willing to kind of look past Belichick's kind of like intensity and his expectations and kind of the, the seriousness of every moment of every day because they had the, the, the greatest quarterback to ever live, right? Um, yep. now that he's gone, I think, I think that, and when he left, I think the Patriot fans still felt this kind of sense of like, all right, like we've still got Belichick. He's, you know, he runs a tight ship. He'll figure this out. And I think when this trade happened, it kind of triggered this kind of like, well, wait a minute. We completely forgot about Gronk. Now he's coming back and he's going to the Bucks. And that wasn't even a thing that was an option for us. Like we, we couldn't have Gronk. And again, like, I don't know what Gronk's going to be able to do. I, I hope he's able to produce, you know, 75, 80% of what he was as a Hall of Fame tight end. But, like, I think it's just one of those things, those gut reactions yesterday from Patriots fans are like, all of a sudden it was like, not only did we lose Brady, yeah. but his favorite target pretty much of all time came out of retirement, is a, still a professional wrestler, still holds a title, still could get challenged at any time. And now he's Rock going to fight. Gronk right. spike, and then boom, here comes Mojo Rally for the, right. the right. roll-up. That guy would get arrested for jumping on an NFL field, but it would make for good TV. It would but, make it good But TV. I think that it was just kind of that, that, that instant reaction of like, oh, no, like Gronk didn't even want to play for us. 
Like, he was willing to sit out and not play football anymore. And the minute that, that he got the chance to come back and play with Tom Brady, he was like, sign me up. Yeah, so I, I agree with you there. Um, I think that they are so excited about this fourth-round pick, and I, and I get it. Like, you had a guy who didn't know, but you had a guy who wasn't going to play for you, and there's thinking of it as we got a fourth-round pick for nobody because he wasn't going to play for us. You, yeah. okay. Go ahead. No, no. I, all I was going to say is I've heard that argument. You know what I'm going to say? In the last two seasons, they've lost two Hall of Famers. And what have they replaced them with? Absolutely nothing. And on top of that, $17 million against the cap this year for Tom Brady and Antonio Brown. So this is what the Patriots have created. Yeah, eat that up. <laughs> $17 million for those two guys. That's why they have no money. That's why this season is going to be really difficult. And look, do I think the Patriots can still win games? Sure. I, do I think that, that, that they're going to be a competitive team? Yes. But I, mean, I, don't, the- I don't think that, like, getting a fourth-round pick for, 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 for Gronkowski, people should be shouting from the rooftops for a couple of reasons. One, Belichick hasn't been that good in drafting, in my opinion, in the last couple of years. Um, I, I, think, I think that getting a fourth-round pick for Gronkowski is great, but, like, I also think it's just made people kind of question, you know, what will – again, why, why didn't – why didn't he want to play for the Patriots? And I think it's very clear now that he didn't want to play for Belichick. He didn't want to have to deal with the strictness of everything. This is a guy that's insanely talented. He's now healthy. He's down pound. So he, he's probably going to be a little bit quicker. They're probably going to use him not, not as much as a blocker anymore. He's probably going to be catching a lot more balls. This, this could be really exciting. If he can stay healthy, it, this is a dangerous team. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to play kind of the Aaron Hernandez role that he played before. Right, you know? faster whatever I mean without his past he still had talent right right I mean um he's gonna be that a little bit faster like we said and I think he's gonna be able to do things that he wasn't able to do before um he's not gonna be running people over as much I think you're right he's down pounds he knows his body is kind of beat up and he's gonna protect it Uh, I don't think it changes the bucks very much I mean there's no they're still an amazing offense like, but I think I think what it does is nobody fears O.J. Howard, right? But if, they should. I, I, this guy is a freak of nature, and I don't understand. I get it. I get it. But he's not a Hall of Fame tight end. Gronkowski well, steps on that field. I shouldn't even say not yet. And, his, and, 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 again, this is the thing that I think makes it really interesting is that these, these players aren't going to have a lot of time to play with each other when they step out on the field, right? There's not going to be a lot of time for them to learn each other's game, to figure out their little ticks, what they like, what they don't like. Gronk already has all that. Like Tom Brady and Gronkowski are going to step out on that field week one, and they're already going to know what they're going to do. And the minute they start connecting, those sidelines are going to open up. And Mike Evans is going to be just torching folks down the field. Like it, I just, I, I don't think that OJ Howard's a bad player, but he's not going to command double teams like Gronkowski is going to. Like he's, when, if, if he shows any type of, of skill from what he was doing a couple of years ago, Double teams are going to happen right away, and then those receivers on the end are just—they're going to go—they're going to go bananas. Yeah. Uh, the second part of your question was, what does this mean for the Patriots? It means they're drafting a quarterback this year. Yeah. There, there's no doubt, and I and I think, and this isn't even my hot take because we're going to get into those, but I think they're going to—they're going to trade up. I'm not saying I see everyone saying, "Oh, he's going to trade up and get Tua." That's not happening. Like. Yeah. You, maybe I, th- I I think yeah, I will I, mean, I will say something kind of in the same vein. Th- this is the most like from, 
there, Fromm's out there. You got Love. You got – I mean, you've got guys out there. I, but I, what I was going to say is I think this is the most important draft for Bill Belichick ever. Again, this guy wasn't, wasn't the GM in, in the early years. He took over as GM when uh, – I don't even remember the guy's name, but whoever it was that left. And so – and I don't think he's been very good. And he, and, he, and he tends to want to trade back. He tends to want to pick up extra draft picks. He wants to always have a ton of picks, you know, and he wants to find these diamonds in the rough because he knows he can bring them along. He can, he can take his time. I don't think he can take his time. And, no. yes, he needs a quarterback. But also, like, even if he drafts a quarterback, who's he throwing to? Right? You got, you got the, the, the first-round draft pick from last year, if he's healthy, if he's able to get on the field. Yeah. You've got Edelman, though I assume Edelman is probably feeling some kind of way right now. Plus, the guy's not the youngest guy in the world. You don't really have a tight end to throw to. You don't have any, you know, weapons. And so, even if you draft a rookie quarterback, that rookie quarterback's not going to have time to learn the offense as much as somebody who would be out on the field from day one. You're not going to be able to have that rapport with your wide receivers. You're not going to be able to interact with the team as much. It's go this draft is going to be super important for Bill because he's going to need to pick up a ton of talent because yep. at some point, I mean, Gilmore's probably coming off the book soon. He's probably only got a year or two left. Um, the McCourty brothers aren't going to be around forever. Patrick Chung isn't going to be around forever. He needs bodies. And you can't just keep picking up five and six round draft picks who show up for the last five weeks of the year on your run to the Super Bowl. That's not going to be the case anymore. You're going to need to win games throughout the year because you're not going to have Tom Brady to do what you used to do. Yep. No, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, yes, it is the end of a dynasty, folks. Right here. So the dynasty I, I is over. And I think this is going to keep changing, obviously, but I saw on Twitter that the over-under for the Patriots is nine right now. Listen, we had it last time, eight and a half. Eight and a half before they had Gronk. And so it was Patriots at nine and the Bills at eight and a half. Fun. Have at it. But I, you know what? Bills for the win. The dynasty is over. It's over. Bill Belichick probably be out of New England in a couple years. I, I, they're they're going to run him out of town. I think so. Speaking of over, Percy Harvin, his retirement's over, or at least He's he says it. He wants to come back. He hasn't played since March 2017, where he yeah. played two games for the Bills. Yeah. And then was like, I'm good. Well, he got hurt. Tons of injuries, migraines. Hip injuries, man. Hip injury, right. Like, but like an absolute burner when he's healthy. Like he was Tyreek Hill before Tyreek Hill, right? Like he was the guy that, you, that when he was drafted, they were like, we're going to put him everywhere on the field. Like, he can line up everywhere. He can be in the slot. He can be out wide. He can be in the backfield. We're going to run reverses. This guy's going to be getting the ball everywhere. Yeah. Um, and he was super dynamic. I mean, if he wants to come back, great. But, like, I don't know. I mean, who takes a flyer on him? A, a bad team or, or a good team? Like, what? Where, where does he fit? So, here's the question, because I don't know how this works. First off, I mean, he retired after two games, which means – did he finish his contract out? Is he still under contract with the Bills? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he's still under contract. And does it work where if you retire and you have two years and you wait two years, that's your the two years that you had left? Are you still under? No, I think you're still under contract for whatever. But I, I assume the contract he signed with the Bills was probably a one-year deal. There probably wasn't a lot of guaranteed money. Um, and – I can't imagine that he's still on the contract with them. And listen, if, if he goes out there and he shows he can still do it, that's great. 
he's not going to be the burner that he once was. Oh. I mean, this is a guy that's probably going to be like a fourth or fifth wide receiver. I, I mean, the guy's not going to be a one or two or three, right? Like, no, you wouldn't think so. I mean, could it have, could he have those games? Of course he could. Would you, and I'm not saying for the bills, but would you see a team taking the chance and bring him into camp at least? Yeah, I mean, if, I mean, so who did he play for? He was play. he played for the Vikings, right? He played for the Seahawks. Seahawks and I mean, Bill. I could see the Seahawks taking him. I mean, I feel like Pete Carroll's the kind of guy that's like, I know this guy, he knows our system. He's been a part of the team before. Like we can bring him back and like, he can be a mentor slash, you know, for the fifth wide receiver. They got DK Metcalf, the young guy on the team that's kind yeah. of starting to come into his own. Um, I mean, even I, I, yeah. I mean, I feel like that would make sense. Maybe with a veteran quarterback, maybe like the saints bring him in just to, for like depth. Like, I don't know, like, He's got to be on a team that's going to throw the ball a lot, and I know most NFL teams throw the ball a lot. That throw the ball a lot, and also do a lot of a lot of things with like guys like his size, like in motion, that are going to move, that are going to be doing like reverses every other play and stuff like that. I don't know. Ha happy to have you back, Percy, but like I don't know what you're going to do. Now, the NFL draft starts tomorrow night, first round. Let's do a hot take. What's your hot take for the first Joe round tomorrow night? Number one. No. Um, Joe Burrow's not going number one, or he is going to go number one. Number one. Um, so I was not going to go with the Packers hot take, but they're going to trade into the top 15 and draft one of the top wide receivers. Okay. What's their draft pick right now? What's their number? 30. They have 10 draft picks. Okay. Don't have – a lot of money to spend on draft picks, like mm -hmm. to sign all these people and then yep. maybe even fill in some of the free agent holes. So I think they are going to try to make a splash. They need a receiver, get that offense going. And if that offense can keep up with, they don't have to worry about the defense as much. Well, that, that, that would be my question to you. I mean, is it, is it worth sacrificing two or three draft picks to get a wide receiver and have your defense kind of stay as is. How do you – I mean, do you feel strong enough that that defense can, can, can hold a lead, can, can protect a lead, can, can get stops when they need as is? I mean, other than the 49ers, they really did that. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, they went 13-3. and three. Granted, they didn't play the best offenses. Right. They struggled against L.A., I think it was. Yeah. It was L.A. and San Francisco because they had to go out to, to California three right. times. Right. Those were the games they really had a hard time with. Um, I think if you, can, if you can make San Francisco have to throw because now you're keeping up with them, right. I, I think getting that wide receiver and giving someone on the other side of Adams would be huge for the Packers. Right. I mean, remember you had Jennings, you had Driver, Jordy, Jermichael Finley, James Jones. You had five people that could yeah. just go out there interchange, interchangeable. Right. That offense was really hard to stop. I mean, you need. I think in today's NFL, with as much as you're throwing it, you need you need two two legit receivers. You probably need a, a pretty good tight end mixed in there too. You need a running back that can catch the ball consistently. Like you can't go Devonte Adams and whoever is hot this week, right? No, I agree. But the only thing with with Rodgers has never been a tight end guy. Like, if you look at all the all the tight ends, and he had Jermichael Finley before you guys, he had a couple good seasons, but never had that big 80, 90 catch season. He had 60, 
and a lot of yards or a couple or a lot of touchdowns. He never, it never was one big season, but when you have that many receivers, you don't have to do that. Right. That's true. That's true. No, I think that's smart. I mean, I think if they can get a, a, a number one guy, a guy that can give Adams a break. Yep. So he doesn't have to catch 15 passes a game or even doesn't have to get double teamed the whole time. Right. Right. And there's some studs up there in the first round. There are the two from Alabama. Mm-hmm. You getting excited just thinking about it? I am, man. I just, just, yeah. What about you? What do you got for? Uh... I mean, it's cheesy, but I'm going with the Bills, and I, I and I probably wouldn't have gone with the Bills for my hot take, um, except today I kept reading about how all these teams are trying to trade up into the first round to get offensive tackles, and and so I know that Brandon Bean in that front office they're aggressive, they're strategic. They're, they're about taking best available, but they also are very cognizant of, like, how that need – how that best available is going to fit within their scheme, fit within their team. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to trade back up into the first round and draft an edge rusher, one of the, one of the top rushers in, in, in the draft, if, if there's a run on offensive tackles and all of a sudden some of those defensive players kind of get pushed to the teens. I could see them – again, they don't have a first-round draft pick this year, so they'd have to go – probably second round draft pick plus their first next year, um, which I'm okay with because at the end of the day, um, they're pretty well situated moving forward. They're going to have a ton of cap room again next year. They're probably going to spend it on free agents. They're not going to necessarily need somebody to come in and make a big difference, but if they can get an edge rusher to kind of supplant Jerry Hughes, like I said, to give Ed Oliver some support and he, you know, there's, there's one of these top edge rushers in the, in, you know, like, I don't know, like the 15 to 17 range. And, and there's a team there that maybe just wants an extra draft pick, a, you know, a team that maybe already traded back, is looking for more capital, get another first round next year. And, again, in my mind, they're going to be a playoff team this year. So that first round pick is going to be late 20s anyway. Yep. Um, and so in my mind, I could see them maybe making a move if the, if, the, if the draft falls the way that they were talking about today. Now, again, there's all this talk about a run on, on tackles. It could be a smoke screen. People could just go out and draft their quarterbacks like everybody said could just draft their offensive linemen, like people said, could just draft their wide receivers, like, like people have said for the last couple of months. But if there is a run and all of a sudden these, these, these players keep getting pushed, these defensive players get pushed to the teens, I could see Bean making a move. And again, maybe he doesn't, maybe he stands tight, um, but I still think you can get a running back in the third round, maybe a running back in the fourth round uh, to kind of be that backup. So I could see it happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that's my hot take. No doubt. I like Giving it. up the first round draft pick for next year. As long as we're not doing it for Sammy Watkins like we did a long time ago. Win now, right? <laughs> well, I think, I, I, again, yes, win now. You're, you're in a window. You have a talented team. You have a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. Um, you've got tons of talent all over the field. You've got lots of cap room so you can go out and sign veterans, right? Like they had $80 million this year. A lot of the guys they signed are one- or two-year deals, so it's going to come off in the next year or two. So they're going to be able to keep respending that on veterans. You don't need to necessarily go out and get a bunch of a bunch of uh, rookies to come in and try to fill spots that aren't really there to be filled, you know. And I thought about maybe them moving up to get a cornerback. That's the only other thing too. I mean, again, they went out and got a bunch of depth at cornerback, but again, I do think if there's an edge rusher or a cornerback sitting there in the mid teens, maybe late teens, that's supposed to be like a top ten pick or a top twelve pick, I could see them making a move just because they love talent. I mean, they did that with Tremaine Edwards a couple of years ago, the linebacker out of Virginia Tech where they traded back into the first round to scoop him up. And that guy's been an absolute stud. 
right. <laughs> All right, last up, MLB, Major League Baseball, is being sued. They're not playing games. They're not really doing anything right now, but they're being sued. A couple of fans, a couple of fans are suing them because they're not because they want their money back for tickets that they bought for the season. Now, when I first heard this story, I was like, all right, we'll just give them their money back. Right. You know, like this is easy. But then yeah. it, then then you know, you get into the, like the, the weeds of it and Major League Baseball has postponed their season, right? They, they have not it, canceled their season. They have not canceled it. It's not over. The, the idea is that they're still going to play. And so I think their idea must be, well, if we postponed it, the games are going to get played, and you don't need your money back because you're going to be able to go to those games. Now, there is a chance those games are not played in the cities or towns that they're supposed to be played in. Correct. And so and, – and I think you and I were talking about this before we got, we got started. These folks sound like a couple of people who are trying to make a whole lot of noise so that everybody else gets really loud about it and they maybe get a little bit of money on top of the, the, the money that they're supposed to get back. I don't really understand it. I think at some point MLB or, or these teams are just going to cut these guys a check and tell them to go away. Yeah. What's your take on this, D? I try to, I'm trying to put myself in this situation. Like if I had season tickets to the Atlanta Braves, uh, okay, that's not really as expensive. Do you know where, do we know where these? So it was a 20 game package for the Mets. Uh, how many and games? Then si- and then six tickets for a Yankees Red Sox game or something like that. That costs like 900 bucks. First of all, Wow. You overpaid. Second of all, the other one, you bought Mets tickets. 20 games for the Mets? What a waste. They suck. <laughs> it's a lot. Listen, it's support like. Support your team. I mean, whatever. We're talking about 2500 bucks, right? It's like 1700 bucks for the Mets tickets, 900 bucks for the Yankees, Red Sox tickets. Here's you my thing. People are just trying to make a fuss. So I'm putting myself in the position. If it was me personally, and I was like, oh, I just bought. $2,500 worth of tickets financially I'd be like yeah kind of want my money back but right. I also wouldn't do that because I don't have $2,500 to drop on <laughs> well so and the other thing is have, we're also gonna go ahead yeah if you have the $2,500 to spend in I don't know say February to buy these tickets whenever they bought them and it's not affecting you now, why not wait until you find out what's going to happen with the season? That, I think that's the biggest thing is like, if it gets canceled, they're going to get their money back or credited to next year. Right. Would be my, would be my guess. I mean, that's, you can't just say, Oh, it's our money now. So I would say that's probably what I would end up being like, okay, let's see what happens. And like, kind of, so we were supposed to go to Medman, uh, Method Man and Red Man. Hell they yeah. postponed it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'd like my money back. And they're like, well, it's postponed, so it's, there's no refund. We'll only refund you if it's canceled. And then they just set another date, October like 25th or something. So it's probably going to get canceled then, postponed. Oh, it sounds like it's going to be awesome. Yeah, but it, I mean, it will be awesome. And I, at first I was like, I want my money back. And now I'm like, you know what, I'll wait because it's already paid for. I don't have it in my pocket. I probably won't buy the tickets again because I will probably spend that money. So keep it so I can actually go enjoy this event. Right. No, and I mean, the other thing to think about, D, is that they brought a lawsuit against MLB. So they're spending money on lawyers. And so they're going to spend a whole bunch of money, I assume, unless they're lawyers, which wouldn't surprise me if they are. But they're going to spend yeah. a whole bunch of money 
on Laura. So obviously they're trying to make a big stink out of this. Yeah. Again, I assume MLB is, is, is knowledgeable enough in this stuff that they know what they're doing. They know that they're okay. I assume at some point they're going to refund a whole bunch of tickets. Cause again, there's a bunch of people out there that have bought season tickets that have bought packages that have bought single game tickets that have spent a bunch of money on the season. And if the games are only being played in Florida and Arizona or something like that, yeah. um, they're going to have to refund the money. If they're playing in empty stadiums, they're going to have to refund the money. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's a little early for somebody to be saying, give me my money back when, you know, they could be, end up, they could end up going to those games maybe in August, September, October. Again, I don't, I don't really think so. And I think in the end, they'll just get a check back, but it just seems like an awkward time to be doing that. I feel like there's bigger things we could be worrying about people dying, COVID-19, you know, we're self-distancing. We're not even like going out to, to meet people. And like, these people are like trying to sue MLB, like go somewhere. Yeah, folks. Like, crazy. I don't know if you saw, did you see um, Taiwan started playing with no fans? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looks pretty cool. I mean, it, it's, I mean, and again, or, the, I wish the, I could get it here. I'd probably watch it. The Orioles had to do that uh, years ago when, when the Freddie Gray riots hit. There was a couple of yes. games they played in empty yep. stadiums. Again, very different circumstances. It's going to be awkward if they're playing in empty games. Um, it's also going to look like a skeleton crew in terms of, like, the, the camera. So you're not going to have all the camera angles. You're probably only going to have two or three angles. It's going to be very different. It's going to feel very different. But I think kind of similar to, you know, I've been talking with folks the last couple of days, like, they're just excited for the NFL draft. Um, just because it's it's sports. It's just something to watch. It's something and to be entertained by. And even though it'll be different, it'll be a little bit more normal. than Right, it, exactly. Exactly. So I know this was our last topic. Yeah. But I have a few things that I want to ask you, and you brought up Baltimore. Okay. In your last one. Okay. So tell me, because how long did you live there? 10 years? 11, 11 years. So 11 years, I feel like you might have went to a bar or two in your time there. Went to a few bars. Okay. But I don't remember many of them. You don't remember many of them? Well, I mean, I you remember. don't know or you have no idea? Ooh. Nicely done. So my question is, what is your favorite bar in Baltimore? Oh, Jesus. I'm not ready for this. Um, favorite bar? <sighs> Uh, I mean, so I, I want to put a couple out there. I'm, so I'm, I'm going to break I, them down. Uh, I'm going to break them down into categories real quick. Brewer's Art. Brewer's Art for happy hour. Incredible place. Incredible deals. Incredible garlic fries. And if you go downstairs into the dungeon, there's a good chance you won't come out. Um, waltz in for late night karaoke just absolute weirdness, $2 pickleback shots and disgustingness that you never really want. And you come out of there just feeling dirty. <laughs> and probably the place that I, I spent most of my time though, I'm, you know, I'm half embarrassed, but half really elated to say it is the stalking horse. I mean, that's, and I, and I don't know that it's my favorite bar, but I think it's the place that I probably went to the most. Um, and have fantastic memories from yeah I or mean, lack of memories i mean the cool thing about baltimore is that there are i mean with fed hill with fells point with canton with the mount vernon area you've got so many different areas that i mean i feel like uh, katie and i were just talking about this a little while ago like there was always like a different place to do happy hour everybody always had kind of their their favorite spots to go to and so like i mean we literally bounced around the city for for 11 years just you know having a good time but those are three that came to mind i think brewer's art is kind of like 
the one that kind of stands out just because it's like got a small place in my heart because that's where it's that where that's where it all started. No, um, so I kind of assume you were going to break break it down into categories because I mean there's there's the rock off bars right and the, right oh we're just going with work people so we probably shouldn't go to a rock off bar we'll right. do that after happy hour right I mean I, there's a million bars that I could na name that I probably went to over a hundred times just because I mean every weekend that's that's what we did but like. Those are three that came to mind right off the bat. I mean, again, like Waltzen isn't one of my favorite bars, but like that's just like like an iconic spot in my time in Baltimore where if we were looking to sing karaoke, if we were looking to just get absolute silly, like that's where we were going to end up at the end of the night. We weren't going to start there. We weren't going to be there middle of the, of the night. We were going to be there at the end of the night, the last hour and a half, getting loud on the karaoke machine and drinking a whole bunch of stuff we shouldn't be. I just, I remember Waltzen in my uh, Fuck You Do Me shirt. After Rosie's Labor Day party, nipples out. Nipples out. It was awesome. Yeah. All right. So now we're going. To, we're going more into sports. Yeah, more. I got. I got two more. Okay. All right. Are you, are you ready for this? I got the NBA Jam shirt on. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite sports video game. Tecmo Bowl. Tecmo Bowl. Super Bowl. Tecmo Super Bowl. Tecmo Super Bowl. I mean, if there's a game I could play right now. Yeah. Tecmo Super Bowl. Because, so, because. It's the one you can't get to. Like, you can get to NBA. the one I can't get to. And it's the one that I feel like was so tough to beat. It was so tough to win a Super Bowl in that, in that, for, in that game. Like, it was so hard to play 16 games, get through the playoffs, and win a Super Bowl. And but was it hard? Or did we just give up after we got to, like, game 12 and want to be a different team? There's a couple of things at play here. One, <laughs> that's part of it. Two, there's a good chance that it was probably going to reset. And, like, in, in like the game was just going to kind of break halfway through a season and we'd have to start over. Yeah. But it did. It, get, it got tougher as the season went on. The computer got tougher. They made more plays. They started picking off passes they shouldn't be picking off. They started jumping up and scooping guys. They started causing fumbles. All that stuff – all of a sudden, you'd get to like game eleven, game twelve, and all of a sudden, that's why we reset it because all of our, 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 you know, Thurman Thomas would be fumbling the ball every other play, and I'd be like, "Fuck that, we got to get rid of this game, reset, let's pick a different team." I think my yeah, favorite. I, mean, I, 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 to me, Tecmo Super Bowl, just like if I could play one right now, that would be it. And again, part of it is I don't have access to it. I did buy a PlayStation Four today, so like I'm back in the video game world, but, but like. Even with all those games, like, you know, I buy MLB The Show. I'll probably buy FIFA. Those are games that I can play. But, like, if I could play Tecmo Super Bowl right now, I would ball the fuck out. No doubt. My favorite was we'd, we'd simulate, like, half the season and then find a team and try to make the playoffs right. with them. Right. That and, like, fun. that's the thing. It was so tough to do because the good teams were freaking awesome and, and you were already a bad team. And if you played a bad team, by that time in the season, they were already, like, getting harder because the computer was going to fuck you up anyway. No doubt. All right, last one. An actual real sport. Okay. Question. I've read a lot about two players being possibly being traded tomorrow night. Okay. And both of them involve a lot of Bills talk. Okay. I don't I, I haven't heard this, so I'm here for it. Let's go. So there's two players, a running back and a tight end, that are on the market, supposedly. Definitely Fournette, yep. possibly O.J. Howard because of okay. this. There's a lot of talk that 
people want the Bills to trade for Fournette or O.J. Howard. You're going to do it. Your team is going to do it. That's, that's, the, that's the caveat in this? the caveat. Which one would you prefer, Fournette or Howard? Probably Fournette, but for a couple of really messed up reasons. One, I don't want to help Tom Brady out. Fuck that guy. All right. And if, yeah. and if we take O.J. Howard, that means we're giving him either players or capital. I don't yep. want to help him out. Fair enough. Um, if we give him like a draft pick five years from now, sure, because he won't be playing. <laughs> I, so I thought about Fournette right off the jump. When, when like a week ago, he went on the trading block. So he's got one year left. Mm-hmm. It's like five mil. Um, and in my mind, if you could trade for him, and again, you're not going to have to trade a whole lot, right? Like it's going to be probably something like a third or fourth. I don't think you get a second or first for that guy because it's right. one year. One year. But you get one year, you could – put the franchise tag on them running backs aren't making a whole lot of money i mean mccaffrey kind of just messed that all up but like and even zeke did hmm zeke's zeke yeah zeke and mccaffrey and i mean you've got other guys but like you you could you could put the franchise on them next year and if you really liked what he was doing it and and because again you have a rookie quarterback you've got tons of cap you've got tons of cap space like it wouldn't it's not like you're investing long term in him you could just say like we're gonna we're gonna put the the franchise tag on you because you're a freaking awesome running back and you and Devin Singletary are gonna just absolutely own the league. So like I I actually kind of dig the Fournette thing. If like if it was a fourth round draft pick for Leonard Fournette and the Bills could scoop him up, I would say like don't even blink. Take even if it was a third round because one of the things we need is a running back. So like again in my mind if, if we're trading up in the trading our second round pick and we don't have to give up that third round pick, which I probably think we have to, but like. If that was still sitting there and and we could grab Fournette, I would take him in a heartbeat. That guy's a stud. Like, he's an absolute stud. Really Whatever is. Doug Marone's doing down there, like, they're basically just running him into a brick wall. That guy in college was incredible. Like, he was ridiculous. And obviously, Singletary was able to find holes and lanes in the offensive line. I think Fournette could do that well. And with those two guys on the field, like, they would be freaking monsters. Yep. And again, you could, like I said, you could franchise tag him for a year. And what's that going to be? Probably like nine million? million? You think 12? 12? Well, I mean, 16 for McCaffrey, 15 for Zeke. Then it's the top four, right? So you figure top five? Maybe? Top four or five. So you figure like yeah. 12 million, maybe? Yeah, fair enough. And so, like, again, they're going to have the cap room. They're not going to have to re up too many people next year, I don't think. And so, like, in my mind, it just makes sense. Like, you can keep this guy basically on a two-year, $18 million deal. Fournette's, when healthy, when, when doing what he's supposed to do, probably one of the best running backs in the league. So, like, to me, it makes a lot of sense. Um, O.J. Howard, I don't know. Like, I don't know – this is going to sound really weird. Like, I don't know that, that Josh Allen needs more weapons to throw to. Yeah. Like, no, that I guy, you know, we were talking about it earlier, like – before we started like he's a good quarterback but he's he's you know he's not the most accurate he he's still kind of learning the position at the nfl level and like he's gonna have three three wide receivers that he can throw to i don't think that bringing in howard like is is it's not a bad thing like obviously they'd be a better team but i think they've got tight ends that they like well uh, dawson knox is a good he's a and they still have i think they still have is it croft the guy from Cincinnati, yeah. they still yep. have him. I think they re-upped him or, or worked with his salary a little bit. 
So they've still got those two guys. They like those guys. I mean, bringing O.J. and Howard obviously makes them better, but Fournette, oh, my God, I would take that guy to heartbeat. I mean, I'd give the third-round pickup for him because, again, I think you could get two years out of him and, you know, for a decent price. And, again, if he's a stud at the end of that and you want to, like, talk about maybe signing him to another deal, you could, or you just let him go be, and let Singletary be the guy. Again, like you said earlier, we're in win mode now or win now mode. So, like, if you can get Fournette for a third or fourth round pick, take it. Yeah, I'd take that in a heartbeat. That would be, be fucking money. Yeah. Money. I would, oh my God, I would eat that up. Give me Fournette, especially any chance to fuck Doug Marone. That guy's a punk. He's a clown. Jacksonville should have dumped that guy a long time ago. Well, tell me how you really feel. Listen, the last thing I want to say. Yeah. Because I didn't go hard on the pass. I didn't go hard like I went last night. I could have, but I kept it. I kept it under control because yeah. I want, this is a professional thing we're doing right, right now. But those bandwagon fans, and they're coming, and they're coming hot. Good luck, y'all. Way to jump ship the minute shit went down. The minute Tom Brady leaves, Gronk goes to the Bucks. everybody's jumping ship. Everybody's jumping ship. The dynasty is over. The Patriots are going to be dead in a couple years. Nobody's going to be going to the games. Nobody's going to be wearing jerseys. Nobody's going to be talking about them, and I'm going to be the happiest man in the world. It's all over. Just had to say that. All right. Parting shots? <laughs> I think that you uh, took us out on a good note there. All right, y'all. Till we see you again. Beers up, sports talk. Drink your beers. Listen to the podcast. Like us on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us that 5-0 rating. We'll see you next time.